I'm Emily, and this is Six Feet of Science, the kids' science podcast that is powered by your curious questions that just can't wait until school is back in session. Every episode, expert explainers tackle the questions that you call in. Well, all right, for our first question today, we are going to keep talking about matter but a little bit differently than we were last week. If you remember last week, we talked about some pretty complicated subjects of matter and antimatter. This week is going to be a little bit more basic. We're talking about the states of matter. And I have called in again our friend and retired high school science teacher, Gary Ruderman, to answer this question for us. Hi, Gary. Hi, Emily. This question comes from Lucas. He's 12 years old, and he wants to know, can a solid change into a gas without passing through the liquid stage? Can you help us understand Lucas's question first before we answer it? Sure. Let's take an ice cube, and we put it on the counter, and we let the heat of the room get to it. It's going to turn to water. Then if we add a little bit of heat, that water is going to turn to steam. That's what we know is what normal changes are. Okay, so we are talking about the states of matter. And when we say matter, that's all the physical stuff that we can touch in the real world, right? Yeah. And uh, it goes through different changes, and it can either be a solid or a liquid or a gas. And so that's the process that you were just explaining there, right? Going through those changes. Right. So, Gary, would you say it's safe to say that the normal process, what happens most of the time, is that it would have to go from a solid to a liquid and then to a gas, like in the case of the ice cube? Right. And that's what we know with almost everything that has that we know about, okay. that we see on a daily basis when it changes phases. And Lucas's question brings up a whole different branch called thermodynamics. Now we can light a log on fire and that log that's solid changes to a gas, but there's no liquid phase in that. Oh, right. Those logs or those pieces of wood and kindling, they just go straight from being solid straight into a gas. Doesn't even pass through a liquid stage. When it catches on fire, it changes to a gas. Um, and that's that's changing the state of matter. What kind of change is that that we're seeing there, Gary? Emily and Lucas, that's a chemical change because a physical change is something that you can reverse. Okay, I think I understand what you're saying. Yeah, so we can change states of matter in a physical way or chemically. And if you change it chemically, there's really no going back to where you started. You can't turn fire back into a log. But in terms of physical changes, right. that's like ice cube melting, turning into water. You can obviously just freeze it again and turn it back into an ice cube. And that's the physical change. Yeah? Yeah. All right, cool. I got gotcha. you. So now tell us about physical change. So when a solid goes to a gas without being a, a liquid, that's called sublimation. Sublimation is a, a physical change where you go from ice to gas without a middle part of water. Now this happens a lot, but it's tough to see. It happens in mountains. 
when snow doesn't melt, the sunlight hits it and it goes right to a gas. Air fresheners are the same thing. You take that air freshener and you open it up and it's like, you know, the waxy stuff. And over a week or so, the waxy stuff kind of shrinks. And that's because the uh, solid just turns to vapor. My favorite way of sublimation is dry ice. Now, first of all, dry ice is carbon dioxide, the stuff you breathe out, frozen down to about 109 degrees below zero. It is very cold. It is very dangerous. It's not something that you want to touch, no matter what. And I think that you have some videos for us that we're going to post on our website of this dry ice experiment, right? Right. I went crazy and put it in some water. And all you see is the fog till I blow off that fog. And that white square at the bottom is the dry ice. And I left it alone. And after three hours, it stopped fogging. And there was nothing left because all the solid had turned to vapor and the vapor was gone. Hmm. Okay. So, I mean, I'm glad that you've done this. So now I and, and the kids at home don't actually need to do it. They can just watch the videos that we will put up on our website. Um, can you tell us how this happens? What is the science behind everything that you're describing here, this process of sublimation? Okay. Every substance has what's called a triple point. And that triple point is when it goes from a solid to a liquid and to a gas. And it's dependent on temperature and pressure. For just a second, a very small second, that solid can either go to gas or it can go to a liquid. And what determines which way it goes is heat and low pressure then it goes to a gas. Now that's kind of complicated. And it talks about, if you want to get a little bit more complicated, there's something called the heat of vaporization. This is part of sublimation. And it's the amount of heat needed to vaporize water. So in between the frozen ice cube and the water is the opportunity to go directly to a vapor. The opposite of sublimation is deposition, where vapor goes directly to a solid. Okay, and so it does require a very particular temperature, it sounds like, for sublimation. So do I understand correctly that it's got to be the exact right amount of heat? And if it's a little bit under that amount of heat, then it's not going to turn into vapor or a gas. It's just going to turn into a liquid. Is that right? Right, Emily. And you've got to throw pressure in that, too. Right, pressure. Low pressure is going to make it into a vapor. High pressure is going to make it into a liquid. Okay, so we want low pressure and that exact right amount of heat for this really cool process of sublimation. And then when it goes back the other way in this physical change scenario, that's called deposition? Right. 
All right. And, you know, we often leave this show with some keywords for our older listeners to look up. So maybe that's one that you can look up this week. If you're still interested in learning more, you can look up deposition. Well, Gary, is there anything else that you would like to leave our listeners with this week? Study physics. It's really cool. (laughs) I couldn't agree more. You know, I did not start studying physics until I was 26 years old. And I still wish that I had started studying it earlier uh, because it is so cool. I didn't start till I was 55, Emily, so it's okay to start late. So that means that everyone listening to this show, literally all of you, have a head start on both Gary and I. Gary, thanks for getting on the phone with me today. I'll talk to you later. You're welcome, Emily. Bye-bye. So now that we know a little bit about the states of matter, solids, liquids, and gases, how about slime? Our next question is about that fun, gooey stuff. So I've brought in Blake Smith from the Omaha Children's Museum, who's made a lot of slime in his life to help answer this question. Hi, Blake. Hi. So this question is written in from Brooke. She wants to know... What does the activator do in slime? But first, can you tell us what is slime? Um, Yes. So, Brooke, that is a uh, great question. Now, for those of you who don't know, slime is a really cool, fun, and kind of messy thing when you're making it. It's a science experiment to do at home. When you make slime, what you're doing is you're making this ooey-gooey substance using two liquids. And you're making those liquids uh, bind together um, by using the polymers in one of those liquids. Okay, what are polymers? So polymers are, they're chains of molecules inside a liquid such as glue. You use glue to make slime. So glue has a lot of chains of molecules in there. Okay, so a polymer is a chain of molecules. So what's a molecule? So a molecule is something that is uh, found in all three states of matter. As we've kind of heard a little bit about before in the previous question, the molecules are kind of what makes up the substance. So in glue, uh, the molecules are in, uh, they're in a liquid form, but they're in chains, like little lines. Um, But if you have like a solid rock, the molecules in a rock actually are super tight and close and packed together and don't really move at all. Okay, so we should say when we're talking about these little things called molecules, they're really, really small. Like, you don't see them when you look at a puddle of water or a rock or a pool of slime. Molecules are teeny, teeny, tiny. You don't see them from just looking with your eyeballs. That is correct. You definitely would need a microscope. It's something scientists use to help them look uh, at those molecules. And um, it's, they're very, very hard to see. But you're right. Just looking at something, you wouldn't be able to see them. But they're in there. And yeah, if we had a microscope or some special kind of superhero vision, maybe we could see them. So they are these tiny little molecules moving around and all the different matter in the world, all the stuff we can touch and see. So tell us how those molecules relate to polymers and glue. When those molecules are in that form, in those little uh, little lines or those chains, they make up glue, which allows glue to be sticky when you need it to stick to something when you're doing crafts. But when you're making slime with the glue, think of the chains being metal chains, all right? And metal is magnetic. And imagine those chains just being 
all messed up in a bucket, but they're not together. They're just in a bucket. And then what the slime activator does to those chains of molecules, those polymers, is it acts like a magnet. So imagine dropping your activator or a magnet into the bucket. And then just like that, the chains of molecules start going all towards that one magnet and coming together. So the activator brings the chains of molecules called polymers all together. And then you get a finished product of slime. Okay, so what exactly is the activator then? Oh, I'm glad you asked. So what we do to make slime at our museum is we use liquid starch, about a half tablespoon. And if you have a little more of glue, you can do a full tablespoon, but just a little bit of that and some stirring will help activate the slime by connecting all those polymers. But definitely liquid starch is really good. Okay, very cool. But as long as you have that activator that's going to do that very special task of bringing those polymers together, that's going to work to make your slime. Yeah? That is right. All right. So I think I get it, Blake. So basically you're saying that when we make slime, we start with our base substance as what we call a glue, something that you use to make crafts. And the glue is going to be full of all these molecules. It's made up of molecules and they're all very organized in these long chains. And that's why we call it a polymer. And then when we add the activator to it, the activator is going to take those nice organized chains and make them clump up on each other. And they're really attracted to each other. All the molecules just are really attracted to each other. And then that's what makes that ooey gooey slime stick together. Yeah, I think that's a a great explanation. So if we're going to make it at home, do you have any advice for kids how they might make or how they might make the slime at home? Yes, here's some good advice that some of this I learned the hard way. One, don't do it over carpet because it stays there forever. It is glue after all. (laughs) Thank you. It is glue. It It is quite sticky. But another fun thing about slime is you get to choose what color you get to make your slime. So make sure you have a few uh, different watercolors so you can make different colors of slime. So it's just a fun, creative science experiment, too. Oh, thank you. All right. And, you know, this is our last episode of Six Feet of Science, Blake. So do you have any advice or just words that you would like to leave our listeners with for our final episode? Well, yes. And you may be stuck at home, listeners, or all you kids, you may be stuck at home, might find that there's a lot to watch outside. Um, And it's really cool. And a lot of science starts by just going outside and just looking at the stuff around you. Watch to see if you can see different animals or all kinds of stuff. And just, you know, every time you see something cool, write it down. Who knows? You might learn something about the world around you. That is like the basics of science, right? You go out, you observe the world around you, and you write it down. So then you can begin to put the pieces together of how the world works. And when the pieces don't quite make sense... Then you ask questions about it, and that's where the real science begins. I'm Emily Chen Newton. This has been Six Feet of Science, a kid's show in a time of social distancing. (laughs) 
This podcast has featured music by The Bed Trio, Colin Smith, Culture House, that's culture with an X, and this episode featured Sarah Cornell. You can find links to all those artists on our website, which is kios.org. But you can also hear this podcast on all the major platforms. This has been a collaboration with Omaha Public Schools, the Omaha Children's Museum, and produced by Omaha Public Radio. 